Psyched, and you're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. Let's get psyched about reading. I'm DJ Psyched. This is the Get Psyched Podcast, and today we're getting psyched about reading again. If you haven't yet, you should definitely check out the book club that I started on Goodreads. I am a huge fan of the site for keeping track of things that you've read and facilitating discussion. And I think it's a fantastic site for readers. (laughs) This is not sponsored. I'm just saying if you ever want to join in on the discussion of this podcast series, you can do so at the link in the description. Today, we are talking about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Book three in the Harry Potter series. Uh, The series is a fantasy science fiction series. Got a bit of drama and mystery and all of it. Uh, The length of this particular book was 453 pages, and I'm going to start off, as always, with a little summary of the story, without giving away any spoilers, of course. In this book, we get the story of an escaped prisoner from a prison known as Azkaban. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, by the way. My roommate keeps correcting me on it, but uh, that's as far as I'm concerned, that's what it's called. Basically, uh, no one knows how this guy has escaped because it's the most heavily guarded prison in the magical world, Uh, but they do have reason to believe this guy is after Harry. And of course, Harry and his friends, Ron and Hermione, being who they are as characters, they end up in a huge pickle because they get like way too involved in meddling with things and, and breaking school rules and all the usuals. But like I said, I won't spoil anything, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But I will say I absolutely loved the adventure and story that was in this book uh, so far, because I'm reading this for the first time. This is my favorite so far. I was hooked into it. I was, I just couldn't put this one down once I, I really got into it. And the ending, I remember like laying in bed, still having a good bit to go one night, and it just got so good near the end that I could not put it down. I just had to finish it that night. So it's definitely, this is my favorite so far. And, and I hope it goes up from here. But I would say uh, something that's really cool about getting to book three of this series is that at this point, the world feels very real to me. The one in the story, um, you know, like when I'm reading it, I really do fall into this this world that uh, J.K. Rowling has has built it becomes very real to me and I'm sure a lot of people experience that I think it's really well uh, done in the building of worlds you know world building is a, is a hard thing to do as a writer so like props uh, this story you know they have their own customs they even have their own sport uh, they have language that's unique to them and everything just makes it feel so real and puts me so into the story that I'm really really enjoying uh, reading this series that being said, uh, I'll leave it more for the end, but I, I feel that the world that I see in the movies, it doesn't hit the exact same. It's very well done, but it, reading these books is, is definitely a much, much worthy experience. I would tell anyone if they love the movies and haven't read the books, totally read the books. And if you just aren't really that interested and not sure if you should read Harry Potter, I say you should try it. It's, it's really good. Um, so I'm going to jump in as I always do. Next up, we're going to talk about some some social relevancy points. So once again, I read this bad boy on my Kindle. <laughs> so I'm going to share some of the uh, moments that I highlighted, things that really stood out to me as I was reading, and uh, why they stood out to me when I read this story. 
So, um, little side note, I'm trying to finish this series in like the next three weeks because I did like a month free trial to have access to it online. So I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can manage that. Uh, hopefully I can. But anyways, um, first moment that I'm gonna highlight comes from Hagrid, uh, one of the he's a gatekeeper at Hogwarts, and he's good friends with the three main characters. So ha Hagrid kind of dropped some subtle wisdom on us uh, to to Ron and Harry when he was speaking to Ron and Harry. He dropped some subtle wisdom on all of us when he said. I thought you two'd value your friendship more in broomstick or rats. That's all. It's <laughs> my best Hagrid impression. Please don't judge me. But uh, I honestly had to take a second to stop when I read that because I think I think it's something we all need to hear sometimes. And I think especially when I was reading this, it was something I, I needed to hear and be reminded of. It's just so easy to get upset over little things, uh, especially when you're really close to someone. It's easy to get offended by everything they do because you... You suppose that them being so close to you that they, oh, they should care more and they should know that. But it, it's important to, to step back and take perspective on things, you know? It's like, is this little thing really worth the whole friendship? Like, it, does it really say as much about the person as I think it does? Like, this person's been my friend and they've been loyal for so long. And them making this one little hiccup, like, yes, it's not the best thing in the world, but it's not... You know, it's it's usually not worth losing a whole friendship over. So I think, I think that was a really well put line. I love that line a lot. I love I love that Haggard said it. I think it's it's subtle, um, but super reflective, and and it makes. I mean, I love Haggard, and and that line just really shows some character maturity because I, I feel like we get a lot of a goofy Haggard. <laughs> so it was really cool to get this moment of like remembering that he is he's an older and wiser wiser wizard <laughs> so also in character development uh, my next highlight comes around Hermione uh, there was a line it was a very simple line Hermione looked rather flattered and they said this after Ron asked what had gotten into her lately because she'd been acting very out of character right she had been doing things that were less than good and Hermione you know when we start this book series we get a Hermione who does everything by the book she's like a hundred percent like buy the book, follow the rules. And I just thought it was really funny and kind of amazing that she was flattered from a comment about how she was being bad all of a sudden. Uh, it really shows how she's changed and grown as a character uh, from the first few books. Like I said, Hermione was very different. And the, the, the Hermione that was portrayed in like the first hundred pages of the first book is very different from the person we're at in book three. So I, I just love this line a lot and it, it really shows like it's it's like a nice little subtle line to really show these changes and um yeah like like i said she used to be flattered over being known as that person who followed all the rules and did everything right but now she's flattered from doing the opposite you know doing what's not right but when it's right to her like it might not be following the books she might be doing something that's considered wrong but she's no longer doing things by the books. She's doing what is right to her. It's like her whole definition of what is right has changed inside of her. So she's not even offended that people are taking note of her not being a goody two-shoes anymore. <laughs> so I really, I really love that because, you know, at this point in the series, it's, that's definitely something to take note of is the characters, the, how they're developing and how they're changing. And Harry, Harry and uh, Ron have started to develop as well. But I think Hermione right now, 
she takes the cake as far as character development. So, um, again, it wouldn't be a Harry Potter book if Dumbledore didn't come in at the end and drop some, like, wisdom on us <laughs> to sum the whole thing up. So at the end of the story, um, Dumbledore is talking to Harry. And again, I'm not giving spoilers here. I'm just, just whatever. If you don't want to hear it, you don't have to. But <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't give too much context. I won't give any context, really. I'll just say what he said. Um, the consequences of our actions are always so complicated, so diverse, that predicting the future is a very difficult business indeed. And he's trying to comfort Harry because he feels like things that have happened may be his fault. But this is like, you know, the butterfly effect. You, we can't really blame ourselves by saying things like, well, had I not done this, then this would have never happened. Um, because we can't foresee the future and every consequence, every action we have will, will accumulate to you, you know? It's like one little thing can have a huge effect and change so much. And it's easy. It's really easy to blame yourself at the end of a situation and be like, well, if I had not done that small thing, this big thing couldn't have taken place. It's easy to look back and see how uh, things played out, but it's nearly impossible when you're in a moment to see how one small decision could expand to something greater. So Dumbledore is just kind of reminding us that like seeing the future is not an easy thing. It's not possible. You know, it's it's a very hard thing to see exactly how you're uh, actions are going to play out so you shouldn't blame yourself because what's the point you know so I really like that line um but again like if, if you read the book and you know what the context is for I think it, it is also just a really powerful moment in the story but I don't want to spoil things <laughs> so how I like to end off this series uh when talking about the Harry Potter books is uh movie comparisons so I do read the book and then after I finish the book, I watch the movie and I try to remember <laughs> the differences and such. But I'll give a nice overview. Um, this movie, when I saw the time for it, I thought it was rather short compared to how long of an adventure this book was. I think it's just about two hours exactly. Um, and, and so again, it did feel kind of short and rushed compared to what you feel from the book. But it's totally understandable why because like if the if the movie had been an exact replica of the book it'd be an incredibly long movie and probably hard to sit down and watch um so i like the movie of course no hate uh it was just much less enjoyable to me than the book and especially considering this is my favorite of the series so far uh it was a little disappointing to feel that way but it's it, i i don't think it'd be possible for it to be any other way honestly um of course books almost always beat the movie like you get a lot more character insight especially in this series right we do get a lot of character insight in the book that we don't get in the movies you get more details that kind of add a, a build-up effect to what the movie shows right like in the movie something can happen and it's like oh dramatic and bad but in the book they've been working that one event up for like a hundred something pages so you feel more anticipation and build up and you have more details and you feel more connected to it um so yeah i think the book definitely evokes um more more of a feeling from me i think when i watch the movies and i don't know if anyone else feels this way and maybe i mean there's no way for me to have tested it myself because if i had watched the the movie first it kind of would have spoiled the books a little bit but i think 
I always wonder when I'm watching the movie if I would get the same out of the movie that I get from it having read the books because sometimes I do get kind of confused by things that happen in the movie but given I already have the context from having read the books it's like pretty straightforward to me what's happened so I do wonder like for anyone who's watched the series and not read the book like have you ever been like confused by something that's happened and not really understood it or has a moment that's really dramatic to a reader would it, would it have felt less dramatic to you because you're like didn't get the same buildup? I don't know I don't know I just think it's it's an interesting thing to think about because uh, when I watch movies I really only watch movies that I've read the book to so I, I always wonder like it, um, how the movie experience would be different without the the sort of context you usually get from a book um, because I think one other point that uh, the movie can't really portray the same way the book does is the way that characters evoke emotion in each other uh, a lot of times in the book you can they straight up the author will tell you how a character feels about another character or will uh, show more things between their interaction that'll that'll give you the hint as to why characters feel the way they do about each other and how the entire group feels about it like right when when um, okay and, and here we might get into a little bit of kind of spoilery stuff so if you don't want to hear spoilers I'd, I'd head out soon um, but like whenever uh, the Malfoys enter a room right whether it's Dra Draco the son or his father you always see like the Weasleys and Harry and all of them everyone everyone kind of dislikes them <laughs> and you really really get that in the book you may feel it in the movie too but it's it's a very different thing and I think I noticed this the most in the last movie uh the professor was largely hated by everyone you know with the dark arts professor I don't remember his name right now love love something he was annoying in the book I could not stand this guy I actually think that the second Harry Potter book is the one I'd be least likely to reread because I could not stand that that antagonist he was frustrating but I feel like in the movie since they didn't really put as much emphasis on how frustrating he was and how frustrated everyone was with him and how just insatiably annoying this character was man I I think that um he's actually less frustrating in the movie so that's kind of a plus for the movie in that one but but in most cases not getting the same character interaction and seeing how characters feel about other characters it kind of takes away from the world building and the way that they connect and flow so well together so that's just my thoughts on the movie and the book um but it was still overall it was it was good i think it is the best for what it could possibly be uh and it stayed true to the story which is very important for a movie adaption like i said the movies are worth watching like if you want to watch them they're worth watching but um going from the book straight into the movie it's it's an easy win right the books totally are by far superior <laughs> in my opinion um so like i said uh, again this is about the time for spoilers so if if you don't want any spoilers on this book series i'd stop now the last thing i do on the podcast the very last thing i like to do on these book series podcasts is a discussion question so my question for those of you who've read this book and seen the movie, as I've already talked a lot about, uh, what do you think the differences between uh, the book and the movie do for you as 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 a as a entertainment enjoyer? You know, as someone who's reading the book and, and watching the movies, how do the differences change your experience with the story and with the world uh, that's built in the story? I, I particularly, um, and do you think? Before I get into my thoughts, 
do you think that uh, the subtle differences, like things like um, Harry Potter getting the firebolt at the end of the story versus it being a really big deal in the middle of the book, do you think these little details really change the story? I don't know. Let me know. Do you not care? I don't know. Go for it. I'll say personally, I, I was surprised to see certain scenes completely exited from the movie. Like I said, the firebolt at the end, uh, it was such a big deal in the book. Like the firebolt, uh, who'd it come from? Is it dangerous? And they had to like search on it. And I understand that would have taken so much time to throw into the movie, especially because the movie is just, the, bo uh, the book is just packed with way more detail. And you get way more story and way more time with the characters. Uh, but I do think that was one detail that I thought was it was rather odd that they just threw it at the end because it really took away from the importance of Harry getting the firebolt. Um, but not the most relevant detail in the story. Just to me, I, I thought I really loved that moment in the book. So I thought it was underplayed a lot in that scene. And then um, another a big change that I noticed was the second attack never happened when um, when when the, the fat lady was attacked or whatever, that they showed that in the movie, but there's a second attack in the book where uh, Ron wakes up screaming because uh, Sirius was literally in their dorm room uh, above them. So, I don't know. I just think the, the little differences, although they didn't completely change the story, definitely took away from the dramatics and the buildup. I could not, <laughs> I couldn't handle that last scene, the big dramatic scene um again spoiler huge spoiler here so if you don't want the spoiler leave now uh when we find out scabber's true identity and that whole scene where we just find out the innocence of sirius and all that like th it's such dramatic moments in the story like i was blown away when i read this scene like i was laying in bed just so blown away by everything we discover when they're in that little passageway and and, and just all these characters keep entering the room and it just gets really dramatic. It was such a good scene in the book, such a good scene. And I could not take it seriously in the movie. It was it was incredibly rushed. Um, oh my gosh, the way that Scabbers looked was so weird. And like, I don't know, it was just, it felt really cheesy and rushed and we didn't get at all any of the same dramatics. We didn't even get the backstory explained the same way, which I think really kind of did change the story. I was not the biggest fan of, of that moment because I feel like it just took away from a lot of the power behind the story that book has because I think that book really stands out because it just had a really unique uh, backstory that really, really adds to Harry's story and adds to uh, our knowledge of the situation between Voldemort, Harry, and his parents and all that. I feel like we learned so much in the third book and it wasn't quite portrayed right in that third movie. So... I kind of talked on for a really long time about that. I apologize, but like I said, this is this has definitely been my favorite uh, book so far, and I'm really excited to see what comes next because you know this is only book three of seven, and for there to be more story, more to find out about Harry and Voldemort, I imagine there's gonna be a lot to learn, and I'm I'm pretty excited for it because I don't know I I've managed not to get any spoilers after 21 years of being alive, like. <laughs> It's pretty pretty amazing that I get to actually enjoy this whole series uh, for the first time knowing absolutely nothing so uh, thank you if you've listened to this uh, next up I'm gonna do the Goblet of Fire I'm like a fifth of the way through the book right now so hopefully I'll get there pretty fast so I can update you all um, until next time like let's stay psyched about reading 
and join the discussion on Goodreads if you want to. The link will be in the description here. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Peace.